and welcome back to another episode of Artist Avenue. In this episode, I am talking to the wonderful Thijs Hogenbaum. Thijs is an actor and dancer living in New York. He was born in the Netherlands, where he grew up dancing, and went to several schools to train as a professional. After graduating, he worked as a professional dancer, and has had the opportunity to work with several big and well-known dance companies before engaging in a unique dance project through which he was able to discover his love for acting. In 2018, he moved to New York to start his education at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, where he graduated in 2020. Since then, he has been part of several commercials, shorts and productions. Before we dive into Tice's incredibly unique journey, I would like to remind you that due to the current circumstances and the distance between New York and Switzerland, we had to record this episode remotely via Zoom. Therefore, the quality might suffer at points. Nevertheless, please keep listening. As I always say, for a 2021 podcast, it's content over technical quality. So without further ado, enjoy this wonderful episode. Welcome to Artist Avenue. Hi, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. How are you today? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Would you like to tell us a bit about who you are and what you do, where you're from? Of course. Okay, so my name is Thijs Hogemom. I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, I'm currently in New York, the United States. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a performer, which is a bit of a weird way of saying I'm a dancer and an actor. Yeah. that's you (laughs) that's pretty much me would you like to take us back to your once upon a time the beginning of your journey of course I started as a dancer I feel it's quite like a cliche story in a way that I have two older sisters that did ballet and I saw that and I was like cool that's what I want to do so my mom put me on classes and then my teacher kind of was like you know your son is pretty pretty decent at this she made me audition for the Royal Conservatory in The Hague, uh, which is uh, like a dance academy, basically. And I got accepted into it. And during the whole time, I was like, this sounds fun. I can do what I like, but more. So that's pretty much how I kind of fell into it. I just have had a really um, a good teacher that was like, you know what? You should do this more and uh, <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah. And was that a full-time school that you went to when you were younger? Or was that like an after-curricular school? Yeah, so like the school my sisters went to, it was like, a, um, yeah, like an after-school ballet school. So I started there. I was four when I started, I believe. Um, so it was just, um, yeah, like an after-school hour. I mean, when you're four, it's basically just skipping around. You know what I mean? But I remember having like actual like training at like the bar and stuff, like doing little plies um, before I went to the other school. So we definitely had some ballet. And how did your journey then evolve? Like I was actually thinking about it just before we uh, started filming. And I was like, I don't think I ever had like a super conscious moment that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. It was just more like it happened and I, I I really enjoyed doing it. And I was like, of course I'm doing this cause it's, cause it's awesome, you know what I mean? Like I could go to a normal school, but this is so much more fun. I get to like move all the time and like dance and like learn all these cool things. So I uh, full time went to the conservatory when I was about 10. And then I had ballet class 
five days a week for like an hour and a half and then school in the same building. So I went to like my math class and my uh, English class and uh, it was long day. They had like the days were long, especially if you were 10, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of stuff coming at you for so long. But I, I, I always was so kind of like, yeah, this is, of course, this is what I do. You know what I mean? Like there was no question in a way of like, as more as an adult, you're like, oh, like, should we? Like, I, re- like, I remember talking to my parents afterwards and they were like, oh, we were not sure if we should have done this to you. And I was like, well, for like, I had a really fun time. I know it's different for a lot of other people, especially because the dance world is not completely on pro- on problematic. But I had a, like, I had, my memories of that whole time have been very uh, fond and great, especially the younger the younger years, you know what I mean? Like when I was 10, uh, it was just a really fun, fun pastime and not so much like, yes, this sounds great if I can do this for the rest of my life kind of thing. Not so much like, oh, this is gonna be my career, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was a cool outcome, but it was just, I was just enjoying the moment. Yeah, and that's important as a kid, isn't it? Just to like, love what you're doing and just enjoying it instead of having that pressure of like I need to do this when I grow up in a way yeah and I you know like it was still very competitive you know there was like there were um like uh auditions every year to see if you can make it into the next year so like there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of I don't want to call it fighting but there was a lot of competition naturally competition (laughs) uh and not and not per se so much with I mean also with the others around you but also just with yourself you know what I mean like you had to be good enough between quotes to to get into the next year and that that is tough for someone that's is so young but at the same time it was so I had so much fun doing it so it was it was fun to work hard if that makes sense yeah absolutely and how long did you um spend in that conservatory then before continuing on to the next stage um yeah so I was there for seven years I believe I I graduated well I graduated when I was 16 but it was like a seven-year uh program I finished my high school there yeah so that was seven years so I I did my uh my last bet of like lower school like the Dutch system is complicated I won't uh, explain it all I did my last bit of lower school and then I did my whole high school there and then I I went to went to another school to basically get my bachelor's um, in Belgium, the Royal Ballet uh, School of Antwerp, mm-hmm. which was also amazing. It was two years of uh, really intense training. I think my dance hours doubled. I think uh, in high school I had like three hours of dance a day, and then in Belgium it was six hours. So that was that was a lot. Very, I remember. I mostly remember being very tired, uh, <laughs> uh, but very very happy. You know what I mean? Like uh, it was a great experience. We had great teachers in the time. The school was led by an American who had a Russian training, and in ballet, of course, Russian training is like oh amazing. Um, he hired a bunch of Russian teachers. I had this amazing teacher from Ukraine, I believe. He was this older man, but he was still so like on his shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like and uh we had a I had a really small group. I was with five guys only, um mm-hmm. which is not very uncommon. I think that the groups are very small, but I never had actually so many guys around me the same year as me so that was really great and um 
yeah, it was just, I don't know, tough, yeah. but good. I feel like that's the, the general note, tough, but good. Yeah. <laughs> and did you then continue after graduating from Belgium? Did you continue into a professional dance company or did you then go to New York already? Uh, so, yeah, I did move back to the Netherlands where I worked as a professional dancer for a few years. I joined the Dutch Don't Dance Division, a small company in The Hague. So I went back to the city where I went to school with. Basically, I lived there for um, three, four years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still very much love the city. It's a great city to live. And then I... I worked with the Dutch and Dance Division, uh, which then was a youth company, which basically means that they provide you experience, which is great. We did all kinds of stuff, uh, literally all kinds of stuff. I've been like buried in the ground halfway and like had to do a, a solo or performance, whatever, whatever, kind of just like with my upper body, which was amazing. Uh, I've performed on the beach. I've performed for like a World Cup opening for hockey and for beach volleyball we've done theater shows with like a thousand plus seats being sold out for a few nights so we we've kind of literally been we've done we've done it we've done the big things and the small things so that was a great time especially because as a young dancer to to kind of experience all these amazing things uh, in a relatively small company. We had to do a lot of things ourselves, um, bring our costumes, pack the car, bring flooring. You know what I mean? Like it was a really tiny company. So they kind of expected you to do a lot of things. And there was not always the budget to get paid that much or pay other people to do it. So it was very much like love for your work, let's say. Yeah. They made you versatile as well then doing all these like different things and like experiences. Yeah, so it did for sure. And we, we also got some training in uh, like marketing or, mm. um, you know what I mean? Like uh, even like job interviews, kind of like how to let your, how to make your resume look as professional as possible. Or we, I think we even had to create like an elevator pitch at some point, which is basically just talking to someone like you're in an elevator and like selling yourself. So yes. that's, um, and I mean, it, it's horrible. And I, I also think a lot of dancers, they don't like to talk so much. You know what I mean? Like, that's why we're, we're dancers. We like say it with our bodies and not so much with our words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that definitely for me, the case I'm, I'm, I, uh, often I'm short and sweet and, uh, not so much like, oh, let's talk about my work or something and that's uh, or that's hard in general for people I guess to not for everyone but for the people I know that to like kind of be like oh I'm such an amazing performer and you should see me in this work that I've done it's great you know like we we tend to be modest and tend to be like "Mm, I did okay I I was fine in this piece I guess it could have been better (laughs) you know like yeah it's like could have been better we're always trying Um, to improve aren't we (laughs) Yeah, which is great, which is great. But sometimes it's also good to, especially if you're looking for a new employer to be like, I'm really great at this. Even if you're not. Sometimes you can always become can, great. Ex- exactly, exactly. So, mm. <laughs> what made you want to explore the acting world more then? So after this company, I freelanced for a little while and I worked with another dance company that I thought I would 
love and be happy with for the rest of my life. Uh, I really love their repertoire. I love their shows. Uh, and I worked with them for a few months and I hated it. I really hated it. So that was kind of a big eye opener that I was like, well, okay, so this thing that I always thought I loved, I don't. So I did some other projects and I um, got to work with Vipke Kandersma. She's a very Dutch person as well. Uh, and she's a great choreographer. She's doing great things right now. She works with like the Dutch National Ballet and she has worked in Hamburg Ballet and Denmark. She, she's amazing. First of all, she's amazing. Uh, and she was doing a project together with uh, the Dutch National uh, Theater and a smaller acting company and art, an art house that she was connected through. And it was a collaboration with acting and dance. Uh, and it was a, kind of like a modern uh, Romeo and Juliet story. And then like Romeo and Juliet were dancers and not speaking. And then everyone around them was speaking. And I auditioned for that. And at first I was kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure, you know, like it's a little outside my comfort zone. I, I don't really do acting so much. I tend to be a little down to earth, you know, safe. And then I got cast in the show, uh, which surprised me as well. But they were like, no, you're awesome. Like, we want you in the show. And it was, I think, one of the greatest experiences I've had in like my professional work. So I was like, that's that's great so i at first i was like oh this is really cool i would love to do more of it and then i actually went a slightly different way i uh, worked in another dance company in spain for a little bit because i was like i need to leave the country you know what i mean i was like i need to travel and be somewhere else i felt like i needed that at the moment i worked with that company for a year uh had a great time but then was like okay well this is also not really it i feel good i feel happier but this is not the solution. And then I started thinking back about this project I did uh, with the acting. And I was like, you know what, I, I want to explore this more. And then, then I did. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fantastic, though. Like the fact that you kind of it seems like you have like these little points where you're like checking in with yourself and you're like, is this really what I want to do? Am I happy here? Or do I want something more or like something different? So I think that's really valuable to hear. Yeah, no, I think I think that's very true. And I, I also think that at that time, I didn't think so much about it being like a turning point because you, you live in it. And I feel like, I don't know, hopefully people ask themselves every now and then, you know, like, is what I'm doing still making me happy? It could literally be like the same sandwich you make every Saturday. Do I still want this sandwich or do I want to eat some like yeah. muesli today? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um it could be that simple, you know what I mean? And we we often don't really think about it until it's like this, I guess, this bigger thing, looking backwards, this bigger thing that kind of changed your whole life, in my case, at least. Uh, I, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's with other people as well. And yeah, looking back, I, I was very happy that I always had the opportunity and always had the the balls, I guess, to be like, you know what, I do want more. And, and what are my possibilities? Like what if I want more, what is it that I want? Or what is it that I really desire? Or I was always very fortunate that I had the opportunity to do things. You know what I mean? Like I, many factors, it's it's not only because um, we often think money, you know, money is a problem, but it's not, it was not always money. I always had the, also the support of my friends and family. Um, 
uh, my own mental support or whatever, you know what I mean? Because I think your biggest enemy is yourself sometimes. It's so easy to go, well, you know what? This is safe. This is, I know this. Which is also great if you, if this is, you know, like if that's good for you, that's, that's great. But yeah. I always really wanted to ask the questions like, what if, what if I did do it? Uh, there's, there's still a lot of things that I want to do and I probably still have time. won't. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. And I, I mean, also things that I wanted to do and then I turned out I didn't want to do it. Yeah. When I did it, uh, like I said, the company that I was like, oh, this is going to be the company for me. I'll be so happy there. And then I, I worked there and I, again, it's a great company and it's amazing. So it's nothing about the company. It's really just, I was not happy there. Yeah. But I think that's really brave as well, because I think some, it's, as you said, like we can be our like worst enemy and like worst critic. Yeah. And I think sometimes as well, it's really easy to like suppress that and be like, no, this is always where I want it to be. This is always what I said. So if I say now and like tell myself, actually, I'm not happy here, then it will look bad in the outside. But I think it's really brave to like be like, okay, it's a great company still, but it's not what I want to do right now. It doesn't feel right for me at the moment. So I'm just going to openly leave that and try something else for now. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. And I, I, I feel my brain just went somewhere else. But I also feel like that with uh, what I had with the dance world for so long as well is that kind of the thought was like, if I stop, I can never go back. That was a very strong thought for me. And it's still kind of is, you know what I mean? Because I dance much less now than I did a few years ago, obviously. And my first thought always kind of is like, oh, but I'm not in shape or, oh, I'm not as good as I was then or I kind of always look back no matter where in my life, but I look back and I was like, oh, but I was better then. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Which is also, I think I realized that I, I didn't want to have those thoughts anymore or like, don't look at my job and then be like, oh, but I used to be better at my job. Also, because it's my passion to go like, oh, I used to like my passion better before. Absolutely. And I think that's also why why I want didn't want to do it for a little bit because I just wanted to know if I would still like it if it wasn't my job or was I going to like it more if it was my job if it was not my job have you figured that out by now or not yet it's still hard in a way like obviously I still love to dance and uh I do see dance now more as work than as something I like to do which it's still work that I like to do but it's still work yeah you, you know what I mean yeah in a way unfortunate because it is also something you used to like to do so why the U.S. why did you want to train there and how did that come about <laughs> that's a good question uh well I I again I always had a low-key obsession with English. I always really liked the English language. I pretty much always through my life had English friends or like American friends or English speaking wherever they're from. I obviously because of my work quite young had to speak English because dancing is such an international field as well. And I really, yeah, I, I really just like the English English language so much more if we purely talk about language rather than Dutch. And I think it, you know, it 
people, I guess, you know, like so many people know English and only a handful of people know Dutch. And there's, yeah, there was just something so interesting about, I mean, also in my country, everything is, you know, like American movies are in English. Uh, we have subtitles. It's not subbed. So I, I had a lot of exposure to like film and television and, and music as well. That is American. And it does. Yeah, it did inspire me. I, I, I was God knows 10 and I was like watching The Nanny and I thought it was amazing and hilarious. And uh, it was my favorite show and it was an it was an American show. So for me, it was kind of like, well, if I'm going to do this acting thing, then obviously it has to be in America. Not and not because I like wanted to be in Hollywood. And I mean, if they are, if they're listening and offering me something, I'm not against it. I was going to but... say that. Take <laughs> it. You want to be in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was not it's and it's still not really my goal. It's more just that I think that the craft of acting is so different here in America than it is anywhere else uh, in the Netherlands is my biggest experience, I guess. But also now that I learn more about the whole acting business, the England is so different and their training and their, and then like theater versus film and film versus television. And there's so much difference that I thought was interesting here rather than home. And I, I mean, and I also just wanted to be in New York. Like, I'm not going to lie. I just, like That was also a pretty big thing. I, I always really liked New York. And I I visited twice, I think, before I moved here. Uh, and, I, and I liked the city. I was not like, it's not the greatest city in the world, but I really enjoyed it. And I really was like, you know what? Like, what if I can just be like, I live in New York? You know what I mean? Like, that sounds pretty cool. I just want to do that. And then I also got accepted into a school here so that definitely helped with a lot of things because yeah. I was like I have, I have purpose I have something to do here I mean New York does have that buzz around it especially for our industry like I think it's New York and LA isn't it in the state yeah yeah and uh, also now like living here it's you learn it's so much more subtle you know what I mean because because it's not just New York and LA. It's also, I think Philadelphia also has like a great theater life. And um, you have states like Georgia and great for their filming locations right now. It's it's hot to be in Georgia. You know what I mean? But yeah, at first glance, me as well, three years ago, it was like, well, it's either New York or LA. And then I was like, well, LA is great. I, I would love to be in LA as well. I still would love to be in LA at some point. Amy from um, Hollywood, we said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like eventually I'll get there. <laughs> you will. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It would be nice. But New York was great. And I obviously Broadway and like me being a dancer, it just all made more sense. You know, like you also shoot for the stars, but you also have to be in some way realistic. I have an advantage with my dance background if it comes to musical. I, you know what? And then if I have a really quite solid acting training as well, then I have yeah. more than some other people. Still, there's a lot of people that can do everything. Uh, they can sing, they can dance, they can act. Definitely. You're adding yeah, stuff to better, your bag. Better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. How was it though, training as an international in New York? How was that adaption period like with, you know, accents different styles of learning and all that stuff I, I mean I feel the good thing for me is that I 
kind of went in not expecting anything, not worrying too much, I would say, because I, I, I relatively knew nothing about acting. And still, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to move across the ocean. And like looking back at it, I'm like, oh, my God, my poor parents. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just such a strong feeling that I was like, you know what, I really think that this is the right thing. And I think that also really helped me in the first few months that I, I had a lot of moments that I was there that I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Like, why did, why did I do this? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a fraud, but uh, I really, I don't know. The group I got into as well, uh, they were amazing. I think we were all so lucky to have each other in a way. Our school had a lot, like a large group of internationals, which was Great. I was also used to be with internationals in in my uh, dance field. You know, what I mean, there was always someone from France or from Germany or from Spain or from Italy. Or so I was kind of used to the international vibe of things. And now I I kind of didn't think much of it at the time. Also with everyone's like accents and stuff, because I was just used to it already. In a yeah. way, I, I I bet that for a lot of Americans it was weird to have like so many internationals and then some of us sounded kind of American and then some of us had like really strong native accents I mean also then the Americans had their own dialects going on you know what I mean so it's it's not only us versus them it's also them versus them (laughs) so and training wise I never felt like yes obviously at some point we started working on accent work and then it was like you don't sound American you know what I mean so but in the beginning I didn't feel so much there was not so much worrying about how you sound but just more like how you play which was really nice because that could just that first few I mean I guess first few months it was you could just discover how you play rather than worry about how you sound or how you even come across and I think I think even for a native speaker that's so important you know that they don't go like oh be careful with your o's and then you're like what's what's wrong with my o's and then you can't focus on the fact that your brother just died in your scene you know what I mean like yeah absolutely (laughs) so so I feel like there was a nice nice balance to that and I and again I think because I already had kind of the experience of being with more than one nationality in a group I I I was not too surprised by people doing things differently or saying things differently or. That's great. And how was your experience like post-graduating? Did you find like that you were ready? I, so I did a, I did a two-year program, which is uh, a conservatory program, which is relatively short, I guess. We did get, what I heard is that we pretty much got everything from a four-year program, but it was just squeezed in a two-year program. And then obviously, I guess you get some things that you rushed over a little bit because of time. But I did feel that I had solid training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I knew what to do. Uh, I knew how to do things. Are you, are you ever done training? No. No. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. You're never done training. <laughs> so, and and that's also what they told us. You know what I mean? Like you're like you're ready for the next step. Uh, some people maybe more than others. I, I did. I did feel. Re- I felt ready to do to gain some experience 
in the field. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm not, am I ready to star in a Broadway production or the next Netflix show? If they want me, sure. But uh, will I freak out? Heck yeah. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I felt, I felt ready enough for the next thing, but ready for, ready for what? Yeah. No, I think that's good. And I think everyone should have their own pace and stuff as well. And I mean, drama school can only give you so much. And then you actually learn on the job. Like you learn from the experience of auditioning, from like doing a job. Like that, I think that's how you really learn what the industry yeah. really entails. And then every job is different again, isn't it? So. Yeah. And I, I mean, I also heavily believe in the importance of taking classes, you know what I mean? Mm. Or like have people around you that teach you in a way, have always have people around you that are smarter than you, first of all, like, don't be cocky and be like, I'm the best actor or dancer or performer or singer or whatever. Have always people around you that are better than you, because if you don't, you're not growing. Mm -hmm. Like, I heavily believe in that. And if you can already do it, then why are you here? You know what I mean? Like, that's always a good question to ask yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And how was your audi- uh, your experience auditioning then after graduating? Because I know you had a few. <laughs> of course. Of course, of course. Well, so I had one, literally one whole audition before the pandemic started. And that, that experience was great, actually. Uh, I think it was, I think it was literally like the weekend before everything shut down here in, in New York. And it was for a national tour. It was like a dancer call. Because I was like, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to go to a dancer call because not a lot of people can actually dance. Uh, I mean, they can, but um, I don't know. You have to tell yourself something. And yes. um, <laughs> I went to this uh, US tour dance call. Uh, it was great. Everyone was super nice. Uh, everyone in the the room and stuff. It was very... Because also they kind of, in school, they kind of let you know, like, it's super strict and they like, they don't have time for bullshit and blah, 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 which is probably true. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to tell you that that that's not true. But the audition I went into, they were literally just kind of like chatting and like, oh, hey, like, who are you? We've never seen you before. They like knew some other people and they were like, oh, how's it going, Fred? You know what I mean? So like, it was very... (laughs) For me, it felt very informal and they were definitely trying to make us comfortable. We were a group of guys, which I think is also always a bit different as well. Because I think a group of guys together, they always get a bit more stupid for some reason. <laughs> it's it, it's just a thing I, I noticed. And, and I mean, including myself, you know what I mean? So I'm not, but for some reason, just a lot of guys together, it, it just, they need more comfort because they, they get weird. um my again my personal experience might be very different for other people but they were they were very kind and uh I made it all the way through the end I even had to sing a song which was scary but thankfully I had some training uh with that and they were super kind they were thank you for your time we're gonna let you know pretty much guaranteeing me a callback because of just the interest they kind of showed in me personally as well. You know, like they were kind of like, oh, like, what's your schedule like? Are you busy? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, I'm not busy. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't and, be here if I'm not busy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be here. Um, and uh, so, and then they had call- they would have had callbacks with the girls because we would then do uh, like a duet thingy the next week. Uh, but then COVID happened. So they were like, well, we're going to let you know. And that 
has been more than a year now, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's that's kind of been my my only in-person audition experience. That's great, um, though, that you got that far. I think that's incredible. Was it an open call? Let me think. I think it was an open call, yeah. There were surprisingly little people because I think there was just another audition before that. And it was quite a specific, like, needs to have ballet training skills. So I, I think a lot of people were just like, oh, I'm not ballet. So so I, I was lucky that they had yeah. the audition. And uh, I mean, not so lucky that COVID happened. But, but whatever um, happened, they'll, like, remember you. Because if you get, like, to the end of if even one yeah. goal, I think it's just like, you know, you've done it now. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And uh, like I said, they were super kind. So uh, I'm I'm definitely more confident to just go to an audition like that and just be confident that whatever I do is enough. And I like also because at that time I was not still not I was not in shape. You know what I mean? Like the kind of the always dancer question like, oh, my God, I'm, I can't go. I'm not in shape. But I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to go. And I, I was not in shape and I was not doing great, but they were still so kind and they could see that I had training and that's all they really cared about I guess yeah because I mean it's muscle memory as well like you've done it so much in your life that if you get into rehearsals you'll be able to like regain it you know yeah and and they know they know that you know like New York is freaking expensive and if you're a performer you can't go take class five six days a week because it's just two hundred dollars a week that's just Mm. money you don't have especially not as an artist so that was not very yeah they were very surprisingly very understanding yeah I feel like and having experienced the industry in various different countries and cultures um do you see any like differences between like the biggest countries you've like lived in for longer like for example the Netherlands Belgium and New York let's say I mean US in like the industry I feel like the biggest difference I see is not so much between countries, but more between professions. Because I feel like, I mean, the dance industry, I mostly have Europe, you know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. the acting industry is US. So I'm also not 100% sure if that's the, the difference, if it's the profession or the countries. I would overall say that people in the acting industry are much nicer. Mm-hmm. in the dance industry and they treat you a little bit more like people which is which is quite nice I feel like in dance there's still a lot of factory yeah. ideas going on like oh if it's not you that then it will be the next one uh and in acting they care a little bit more not again probably not always I've had great experiences in both dance and acting and I've had horrible experience in both dance and acting Uh, because there are garbage people everywhere but I definitely with dancing auditions I've I've done a million of them and I've so often traveled somewhere literally hours of traveling and then I've been in the building for 20 minutes and I could leave so I mean sucks obviously uh part of the job but it sucks (laughs) and with I mean my very little acting audition experience it's it's always been a bit more comforting or a bit more you know like I guess it's also a little bit more personal because you are you are talking and with dance you don't really need to talk you just need to move your body but it's definitely more trying to get to know you also 
because I think that matters if you act like you always act as yourself you know what I mean like even if you are another person you still are you in the end yeah even if it's someone's completely different it's still you doing it and and I think that's maybe why there is a bit more interest uh, interest in who you are mm-hmm. absolutely because you can't just make the person shut up and do the thing you want them to do I think that's my current thought on it it might be totally different next week who knows but it's really interesting that you said that because when I started um at my master's I met because it was like I did a musical theater master's but like Mm -hmm. there was the other course for the acting masters and I think it was really funny because I remember everyone on the acting course they were just so chilled like it was literally another world and then everyone on the MT course were they were like we were on fire the whole time. And I thought that was such an interesting observation. And it kind of like links into like what you said about, you know, it was just a bit more calmer and a bit more personal and stuff. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And I I think that always had of kind of been my biggest issue with dance in that way is that the competition is so personal in a way. Like even if you're not each other's competition, you're each other's competition. Yeah. And I'm I'm a quite a down to earth guy. And I just didn't really care for all that. I was just like you if you want to be better then be better. If that makes you happy, I don't care. And it was so important to be the best in a dance world whatever that means. And I feel in acting there's so much more like yeah, if you are uh like a 6 feet or like 180 um guy that has Uh, olive skin and green hair you're not going to play the same role as I'm going to be because I'm not that I'm nothing like that and I mean maybe maybe we might but that only means that the director is cool and doesn't give a frick on how you look but on how you do the thing and then it's still he likes him maybe more because he's more gentle than I am or or whatever you know what I mean so yeah it's it's such a different thing and and with dance it sometimes it's like well it's because you're sometimes just as simple as like you're not tall enough which also happens in acting but it's I don't know it feels different for some reason it feels different because it's like oh you're a great dancer but you're you have weird arms or something it's always something it's always something that I'm like I don't know is that it or are you just yeah it seems to be like things that you can't really change because like you can't change if your arms are too long or like exactly your height essentially so yeah and of course this happens in acting as well like I said you know like sometimes mm. they say like oh this person needs to be at least this tall and it's probably for a reason because maybe the other character and same in ballet I guess it always is for a reason because probably your partner is a certain height so I I, I understand it as well but I always feel like in acting, sometimes it just, it just makes, it's just more like, oh, it's not you. And then in dance, it's sometimes like, oh, but it's you. Yeah. I feel like that's the biggest difference. Like you're not this instead of like, oh, it's not because you're not this, but we're looking for something else. I don't know. Yeah. Again, my experience. Yeah, it's absolutely valid. Everyone has a different experience. And I think it's great to see all the different angles. or like traditions that you do in like Belgium and Netherlands for example versus to like in the US well so in the the dance world has a lot of 
superstition we do a lot of like little cards and gifts that you write to each other to like wish good luck for the show and stuff that's that's very common in dance Mm -hmm. uh it's not so common in theater i believe no Um, i never heard of that that's really cute yeah it's very common especially for like uh the mostly for the premiere of a show it was really cute and i've gathered so many uh we call them like uh, i think you said this as well you call them toy toy like toy 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 yeah um we call them the same like toy 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 kids and i think in belgium it's toy toy it's just two and then in the netherlands it's three so everyone's Um, just toy toying in different amounts (laughs) it's just different in different amounts yeah but but it was it's a it's a cute tradition i uh yeah i do kind of miss it in theater in a way you can introduce it into theater make it a thing (laughs) exactly I think it's a little bit different for like film and stuff because it just, yeah, <laughs> first day of filming, good luck. You know, <laughs> it's it's different. It's definitely like a live performance thing. But yeah, I should introduce it. I feel like maybe other people do it. I wonder now if um, if some other internationals, they probably do it. You're going to go out it. there and ask them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask them. I'm curious now. Is there anything you would like to see more or less of in our industry, be it dance or acting or generally? a good question i mean yes it's the easy answer to that i think there are currently very interesting things happening in our industry because of uh i would say me too because of uh black Lives matter because of the pandemic there are very interesting things out there right now and uh very interesting things coming out that we often didn't talk about you know it's uh, very I guess out in the open now that like the power abuse of like a lot of people in 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 the film industry let's say but that's not only in the film industry or it's not only in with higher up people you know what I mean like it's in the dance industry it's very common that your director sleeps with you you know what I mean like I mean it's not a given and it's not normal or whatever but they would be muses i mean i'm also not some of the women are probably or some of the relationships are probably legit and they are you know what i mean but it's still a weird or an odd power dynamic i think because you do often see these female dancers then suddenly become soloists Mm -hmm. or get better parts and then again you know like maybe there probably are also beautiful dancers but it's it's still a strange concept and i i don't feel that like that's really talked about so much now and i i I don't know if we need to talk about it or but we i do feel like we have to acknowledge that that happens and i i it's not part of the business you know what i mean because i think it's also kind of thought uh taught that it's part of the business like oh some people do this but it shouldn't it shouldn't be. be no it shouldn't be and I think it's quite interesting to address that it actually happens because I think it's easy to like just see it in movies and be like oh no that's just added in for dramatic effect yeah but it can happen in reality as well it can happen and it happens often and it happened very often in the past and then the female dancers were uh or the male dancers I guess were then pictured as muses they were inspiration yeah and then a director had three muses in his company or whatever. And then you're like, okay. Uh, I mean, also different times, different needs, whatever. But 
yeah, I do think it's interesting to kind of acknowledge that this was not always as pleasant as it looked, I guess. I don't know. I think that's like my my biggest shock that that still hasn't really, as far as I know, has not really been addressed, especially now seeing kind of the movie industry and the film industry addressing those things. And there's they're also not doing great. They're still... I think a lot of people out there that are still abusing their powers, maybe not only in a romantical way, but also in just a power or money way. But I I think that's super interesting that that's happening right now. Yeah. And just representation, I think is always good. Don't shove it down someone's throat. I don't think that's necessary. But yeah, it's 2021. You can't have a full white cast with just men because like our world is not like that anymore maybe what i mean it hasn't been in a long time especially not in the united states i guess it's debatable and and how things would work in europe or other places but we're not a full white nation we're not no we're colorful Uh, yeah so embrace it yes yeah hopefully like slowly it is going that way but I think everything just takes time, doesn't it? It is. And and you can see you can see it in, in um film and movies already a little bit, especially mm-hmm. things that have been coming out uh in the last few years. You know what I mean? There is a representation of people of color, of the BIPOC community, of the LGBTQ community, which is great. And it doesn't not not every story needs all of them, you know what I mean? Or not everyone needs to represent be represented all the time. But it's great that it's there because I think 10 years ago, it was just barely there. And now there's so much more and people can see themselves and be like, you know what, this is this is me. I I I, as a white person saw white people all the time. Mm -hmm. So I cannot imagine that for someone that is not white, only seeing white people, how they make sense of their own selves. It's scary, in a way. yeah. Which is sad because, like, and I think that's also we we don't even think about it nine out of ten times because we we don't experience it. That's a valid point. That is very true. In your opinion, what unites us as creatives? What unites us as creators? Yeah. What's that little special magical thing that you think makes us all be like, ooh? <laughs> oh, that's such that's such a good question. Curiosity, I would yeah. say. I love that. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just no, no. I was genuinely just thinking. I was thinking, yeah. is that the right answer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think yeah, wanting to, wanting to think. Yeah, and explore. Uh, and explore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I can say anything more than that. I think the curiosity and just like wanting to, wanting to know more. I think yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. What's the biggest thing that you have learned on your journey so far? God, um, the biggest thing. You're like, Christiana, shut up with these questions. <laughs> I mean, they're really good questions. What's the biggest thing I learned? I don't know. Every time there's like another thing I learn and I'm like, no, that's the biggest thing. So I, I don't feel like I don't feel like you're ever done learning things or learning big things even. It can be your most recent learning then. I mean, I think which is such an important thing in this pandemic as well as like forgive yourself literally for whatever it can be used for so many things but literally forgive yourself for doing that thing for not doing that thing for 
doing something stupid, for doing something smart. Because if you, if, if we said this before, if you fight yourself, then you're not growing. If you're too busy fighting yourself, you don't have time to grow. I like that. That's our quote for this episode. That's the quote for today. <laughs> you're going to hate the next question, oh, but gosh. I'm going to ask it. Okay. What makes you unique as a creative? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's a good question. What makes me unique? I think it is because I don't think take things too seriously. I take things seriously, but at the same time, I don't think take things too seriously. Yeah. It makes sense in my head, but maybe not for the people listening. But maybe if you get there at some point, you'll be like, oh, that made sense. <laughs> that made sense. <laughs> that's like what I, nice meant. <laughs> that's what he meant. Like, I take serious what you have to do. But then also leave it if you have to. Maybe that's like a whole different thing. But like for me, for some reason, that's related to each other. I think I, I think I get what you mean, because like it's good if you have that quality, you don't get so hung up on like something. And is that like, you know, like it allows it's not you helping to move you. forward. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you can move forward, explore, do this, get out of your comfort zone. So I I mean, I, I think I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I I. I feel like I definitely mean that. So I feel like you're definitely getting me. <laughs> Score. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, are there any last comments or any advice that you would like to share with the listeners? Sure. Again, maybe so cliche, but if you want to do it, do it. And if you don't know how to do it, find out. <laughs> or ask someone. Don't Don't be shy to ask for help. I think that's also that can be so scary and if someone doesn't want to help you then that's fine then they are not the person that is going to help you it's not personal maybe they're super busy I don't know you don't know it's about being brave as well isn't it in that point yeah it is. there's a certain yeah I mean I often very much don't think much of what I've done because I'm like of course I did this of course I and it's also not book worthy what I've done but it's it's still yeah, I, I, I did make bold choices, I got I guess, because I had to, because if I didn't, then I, I didn't do the thing I wanted to do. And I think they also feel less bold if you really know that you want them, mm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your journey. It's been such fun talking to you. Thank you for having me. It was great. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Artist Avenue will be back next Tuesday with another exciting interview. Make sure to follow us on social media and keep up to date with all the artists and their wonderful projects. Your support for this podcast honestly means the world to me. For now, keep smiling, keep listening, and I'll see you all next week.